0: Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com hi this is kevin mccullough thanks for listening to the christian outlook podcast where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your christian faith our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the pepperdine graduate school of public policy here's another piece i trust you'll enjoy uh it's known primarily as the asbury revival but as many of you know who've been tracking this it now has spread to other college and university campuses and we've been privileged to have several biblically informed, theologically sound guests on the show to share their own assessments of this really sovereign and most encouraging move of God, especially among the young people of our country. And this hour, I'm extremely delighted and honored to welcome another of the Lord's faithful servants, evangelist and best selling author Anne Graham Lotz, to the show. Uh, She's been named uh, by New York Times some years ago as one of the five most influential evangelists of her generation and described by her dad, of course, the uh, late Dr. Billy Graham, as the best preacher in the family. Uh, You can learn much more about her ministry and how you can partner with her, by the way, by visiting her website, angramlots.org. And I'm always delighted and especially honored when you can join me here on the show. Thanks for doing so.
1: Don, thank you. It's a a pleasure, a privilege, and it's a wonderful topic.
0: Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? What was your uh, your initial thought and reaction when you first learned of the events that started so recently at Asbury University? What was your initial reaction?
1: My initial reaction was, um, is this happening again? Because as you know... Uh, Asbury had a revival some years ago when it just broke out during a chapel service, but I was a little hesitant to just jump in. And then um, my husband's nephew, Dr. John Paul Lotz, who um, is a professor of church history at Regents University and also a pastor of a church of uh, Regents, chose uh, to send him to Asbury to check it out, to see what he thought. And John Paul came back with this. He, he showed me a video. He texted me um, and I posted it because it was so moving, and he described that he felt like it was the young people, this next generation, were like priests leading us, the older generation, into the presence of God. He said the atmosphere was so holy and so reverent and so sincere that he he said it was legit. He said it was very moving, and, um, you know, how long it lasts, I, I was... To be honest on, I was a little disappointed when they closed it out yesterday. I believe because I thought you know I would shut down school, I would cordon off the town, I would just let it rip <laughs> yep. because it 's what our nation needs. We desperately need a fresh outpouring of god 's spirit, but God knows and um and so it it has spread to other campuses, although i 'm not familiar with uh, some of what 's going on but it's it's um thrilling to think that god is hearing and answering prayer and sending down His Spirit, especially on young people who are so, um, you know, I cannot imagine the things they're faced with and have no background on which to draw. And, uh, I mean, most of them, they they weren't even here in 9-11, you know. So 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 much of what's happened and all this wokeness um, and what they've been faced with, it's just, it would be depressing, and and it is for a lot of them. They're committing suicide. And so for God to, to breathe His life, into the, the young people and draw them to himself, you know, this is a time to pray, isn't it?
0: Indeed, it is. And we know uh, no one has uh, the energy that a young person has, uh, either in one direction or another. Uh, and I've uh, said several times, even during this phenomenon, that much of, and we've talked about it a lot on this show through the years, uh, a lot of the cultural problems uh, in our American culture have really found their genesis, their roots in the American college and university system in general. Uh, Some of our colleges and universities that started out, as you well know, as theological institutions have long since departed from that. And I thought, isn't it interesting that God is now revisiting right where it's needed most in some of the college campuses? Do you think that's uh, perhaps a, a rational thing to observe?
1: Uh, you know, I absolutely do, and it's interesting that this week, uh, Greg Laurie, who I think is a phenomenal evangelist and pastor of Harvard uh, Harvard Chapel out in um, Riverside, California, his life story has been released in the movie theaters. It's called The Jesus Revolution, and so uh, I haven't seen it yet because I'm thrilled that the, the theaters around me have been full and um, for for this movie. And so the timing of it, along with what's happening at Asbury, I'm just praying that God would use that also, it's, it's Greg's heart, to ignite um, a, re- a revolution, a Jesus revolution like Chuck Smith did in California, where Reg- Greg himself was saved, and um, and that it would sweep through our young people. And, and I think Chuck Smith, he established something like 800 churches, and the pastors of those churches were saved during the Jesus revolution under him, so... So can you imagine the next generation, if this really catches fire, then God would raise up a generation of Christian leaders who are strong in their faith and biblically sound. Um, so it's just something to pray. And if I can add one thing to encourage people to pray, um, it was earlier in January that um, Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council and Jim Garlow of well they they put on a prayer Service. It was called the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance. Um, it was held at the Museum of the Bible. They had about forty legislators there, as well as other people. And it was. There were no introductions. There was not an MC. It was just prayer. Each person prayed maybe a minute, and they prayed, prayed prayers of confession. Confession. Somebody who had been a lesbian. Somebody who had been gay. Somebody who was binary. Somebody who had had an abortion, and, and they were. They were confessing and repenting of sin for our nation as well as personally and uh, and I think it's interesting that this revival has broken out at Asbury on the heels of what was done in Washington because the the legislators and um, key leaders in our nation were calling out to God in genuine uh humility and repentance uh, for two hours it it was It was really astounding. And so I wonder if Asbury was God's response to that.
0: Well, I couldn't agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. A lot of prayer has been going on for a long time, and some of it, as you just mentioned, recently. And I just read today earlier, and uh, one of the directors of uh, the Jesus Revolution said that this project was the longest and toughest he's ever worked on. It took him seven years uh, to bring it to this point. But isn't it interesting that it dovetails right at yeah. this moment in history when yeah. God's doing this on the campuses as well.
1: You know, God's timing is always perfect, isn't it? We can think he's late. We can think <laughs> he, you know, it just needs to show up. But it's, it's time you look back and you think, oh, my goodness, he put it all together. And it's timed just perfectly. So, you know, and our nation also, and I think we've talked about this before. I don't think revival will come until we're desperate. Yes, And I think our nation is becoming desperate. And uh, everywhere you look, you're seeing um just such wickedness and such evil, such lying, deception, greed, corruption. And and among people, they look right at you and they say, you know, they look normal and they're just lying through their teeth. You can't trust anybody. And I think the average American, we know, um, you know, that there is a God. We're looking for something that's bigger and better than what we're being given. So, so maybe we would get desperate enough, Don, to call out to him, and cry out to him, and we know, he promises, when we cry out to him, he hears and he'll answer. So, Amen. Uh, so I do believe it's a time to pray. And, I, and I'll tell you something else. Where revival begins, this is an interesting comment, that revival begins when you draw a circle around yourself and then you pray that everything in that circle gets right with God. <laughs>
0: Amen to so, that.
1: <laughs> the revival well, begins with us, you know, but we can certainly pray that it would sweep through the nation.
0: Absolutely. Listen, you've also been uh, quoted as citing James 5, 7, uh, the farmer waits patiently for the harvesting of the pre- of the uh, pre- precious food, uh, fruit of the precious fruit of the earth, but he must wait both for the early and the latter rain and I think there's a real relevance to what you're saying here in referencing that verse. Uh, explain for folks who may not understand the concept of latter rain versus early rain and why we may be at that moment just prior to the lord's harvest, if you will, because of latter rain.
1: Yeah, well, in um, you know Israeli history, the early rains came in the spring for the harvest in the spring. The latter rains were in the fall and took place at the fall harvest. But there's uh, people that think there's more to that, what James was saying, than just speaking of specific rains during the harvest time, but that, that there would come early rains, which they did in Acts, you know, when the church was established, and then there would come latter rains that, that some people believe that that refers to another great awakening before the return of Jesus. And, um, and there's another verse I pulled out from Acts chapter 3 that says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may yes. come from the Lord, Amen. that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And that's implying that if we repent, that God would send times of refreshing, which is another way of saying latter rains. And, but, before Jesus comes. So for me, Don, I don't want him to catch me doing something I shouldn't be. I don't want uh, him to catch me sleeping. I don't want Amen. him to catch me you know, distracted. I want him to catch me on yeah. the sharp edge of commitment to him, winning people to Christ and sharing God's word and helping to strengthen the faith of others.
0: Well, you've helped us do that for many, many years, and I know the Lord's going to continue using you to do that Thank you for sharing these moments with us today, and I hope we can talk again soon about these things and even more that uh, may unfold that the Lord has in mind for us in the days ahead.
1: Yes, absolutely. Amen. Thank you so much, Don. God bless you.
0: And you as well. That's Anne Graham Lotz. And again, I want to give you her website so you can visit her website, partner with her, certainly pray for her ministry and perhaps financially partner and so forth. And she's a prolific author as well. You can check it out at and Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.